Hello and welcome to the Categorically Romance Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Bree. And today our guest, we have joining us uh, Sarah from Romancing the Story Podcast. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. How has 2023 started for you? Oh my gosh. Hi guys. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and like chat with you guys. And 2023 has been already like, what are we in? We're in March. We're about to go into April and it's already been like a landmark year for me. Um, I, you know, I've become a foster mom. I uh, have, the podcast is doing really well and I've already been hitting a lot of goals with that. And like it's just been really great and crazy all at the same time because I'm I'm my work's going really flourishing too because I'm in the video game industry and of course they're going wild with all kinds of releases so it's just it's just been good but just busy. Okay, you have to tell us what you do in the video game world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I work on like the distribution side. So I do like a lot of the um like uh, I don't know if you guys play video games but have you heard of Dead Island 2? Yes. So, like, I help work with, like, some of the uh, marketing on that side. I work with an account. GameStop is my account. So, like, I work with them quite closely on, like, marketing stuff and, like, game setups and all, like, making sure the games look right in the store and everything like that. That is so cool. cool. Romance podcasters are the best. (laughs) (laughs) You never know what we're going to pull out of the bag. (laughs) Yeah, it's been very interesting. So I get to see a lot of the marketing side. So I might like, I'm not saying I use some of it for my podcast, but I might. I mean, you know what just I mean? Saying, some of yeah. those principles. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> use all the tools available to you. Right. Uh, right. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Well, let's get into some icebreakers. Sarah, can you tell us three songs on the mixtape to your life and what they say about you? Oh my gosh. You guys are going to make me choose. Kill my darlings. Okay. <laughs> so like, here we go. So I'm going to – I love a good theme. So I'm going to go all 70s music today. Okay. So that is my – that's my – I love 70s music because that's what I grew up listening to because that's what my parents listened to. And listen, my dad still t- tells the story to this day about how he saw Janis Joplin and Jimi Hendrix in concert. So it no. has a special place. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it holds a very special place in my heart. So um, I would say Changes by David Bowie. Okay. Because uh, David Bowie just has such a phenomenal understanding of the musical scale. So what he does is he will – it seems like he he tends to take your expectations of what you think a song would sound like. Um, I feel like that's why a lot of times we think we've heard a song before. Even if we've never heard it before, we've probably heard that same tune. But mm-hmm. he takes it and he'll subvert that expectation. And he'll kind of – but he still works within the musical scale. So it doesn't feel too like – out of out of like out of the left field, it feels like it still goes together. It feels like it still makes sense and it feels new and fresh. So yeah, I love his stuff, and that's definitely one of those um, songs that impacted me. Uh, I would say "Don't Stop Me Now" by Queen. I mean, for okay. Mercury. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's. I think really feel like that's all you need to say. But it's such an empowering um, message, like of "Don't Stop Me Now." If I'm ever in a like really like melancholy mood, that's one of those songs that just kicks me out of like my funk and will help like uh, just give me a sense of like, yeah, I'm great. I know that too. So don't yeah. stop me. 
all the I love 400. that because mine is definitely another one bites the dust. And I'm like, well, what does that say about me? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. No, I feel the same way. Like it's very like all, a lot of their songs are very empowering and just like, yeah, don't stop me. I'm on a rocket ship. I don't yeah. know what, you know, I, I don't know what he was on when he sang it, but I love it. <laughs> I'm totally on board. But um, that's a, that's a very empowering song to me. And I just like, if I want to feel my worth and just remind myself, you know what, I'm doing a great job. It's awesome. That's a definitely a go-to for me. Um, and let's see. Uh, okay. And of course, I have to go. If I'm going to say soundtrack to my life, I have to have Sarah by Fleetwood Mac. Okay. I know it sounds egotistical, but hang no. on. That was that was a song I was named after. Oh, okay. Then it has to be on there. <laughs> so it has to be. <laughs> I feel obligated and thankful to Stevie Nicks. So I um I, that was a song. That was my dad and mom are a little bit of hippies. So my dad specifically, as you might have heard, but he took that song and he uh he heard that song. I'm sorry. He heard that song and he took the name from it. Love it. Shout yeah, out to dad. Super sweet. Yes. Yeah. So, if you came with a warning label, what would it say? Ooh, easily excitable, liable to combust. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Yeah. So I get like, I get so tickled and I get excitable about everything. Like you guys never want to give me an idea. Or if you do and you're like, <laughs> let's make it big. Say like, go to Sarah come to me and I will help you make it real big and crazy. A friend of mine actually came to me with an idea of like, okay, I know you've worked on some like film sets and you've done some film work. So can we do this idea? I have this crazy idea of doing like a female centric horror movie, short film, a horror short film. And I said, sure. So it went from me and her filming on her phone in her kitchen to like a full blown, like nine person production. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. Like over two day shoot. So yeah, we're working on the editing of that right now. But like it kind of like spiraled into this like big production that was that we're planning for like a release party towards Halloween this year and everything. We're gonna put in film festivals and everything. So it's so that is I'm so very cool. easily excitable. Yeah. yeah. I feel like everybody <laughs> needs a everybody needs a Sarah friend. They need <laughs> that excitable friend. <laughs> for sure. Like yeah. I mean I'm very like I will always be your cheerleader. Like yeah, very rarely will I not. Yeah. Well can you tell us one of your most read authors? Ooh, I would have to say probably mm, J.R. Ward. Oh, really okay. Like her stuff. Yeah, okay. I've really been deep in that lately. So that's a uh, that's kind of an always like I go back to it and we'll reread it. So Did I hear that that the Black Dagger Brotherhood is that being adapted? Am I crazy or did I yeah, hear that? It is by Passion Flicks. Um, I I have thoughts and feelings about that. I'm not sure where that's going to go, but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's that's a, a cure. If if that's the production company, I'm I'm thinking it is. That that is a little weird. <laughs> agreed, I agreed. I feel like you could have gone to like someone bigger than that and more. Uh, someone who has a better. Hmm, I want to say like um, has more formal training or at least understands a little bit more about the movie like structure because movie structure is very there's a specific you know like just like reading books just like writing books there is a specific structure to movies and what you want to do is a visual medium as opposed to on a page and i've watched some of their movies like gabriel's inferno they adapted um they adapted like was it hollywood the hollywood star one by Aless uh, alessandra tor um and it was there were some 
as someone who's been in film, there were some things I was like, uh, why are you having two characters on screen separated by a partition? Um, visually when they're supposed to be a moment when they're coming together. You know what I mean? You have to make sure what's being said and what the emotion is on screen correlates with what is being shown, which that's actually a good tip for writing too. (laughs) I've never even watched Passion Flicks, you guys. Is it like, do you have to subscribe to it? Is it an an app you put on the television? Like... (laughs) I have never watched one. Yeah, it's um, a subscription-based service, and it's much like a Netflix. And you have to – their specialty is adapting um, romance-type stories or things like that, and they – supposed to get more naughty honestly i don't think they get like terribly spicy like that's Mm -hmm. why i feel like black dagger brotherhood could have gone somewhere like amc or i wish like netflix would have taken it and done a series or even who or even hulu yeah any of those places could have done that especially now with the popularization of like and that's something actually in an upcoming episode i talk about is kind of this romantic romantic uh romantic erotica type of um uh integration into storylines so like things are getting more like i i said i blamed game of thrones but it's kind of always existed and like sci-fi and stuff like that but they just don't weren't comfortable showing it on screen but i think they're definitely more comfortable now so oh yeah 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 sarah please tell us who was your teenage celebrity crush i i always tended to go older guys so like Gerard Butler had a moment like in like the 2000s, like all the way mid 2000s to the late 2000s. And so like he was like my dream boat. So that was that was definitely like I saw a lot of his action films and like I know we don't want to talk about the musical he was in. But I mean, I kind of like the musical he was in. So don't come for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> fine. Of the <laughs> I love that music. I know I'm trash. It's OK. I embrace that. And I kind of love it. I love the spectacle. <laughs> And that's okay. I think we should all understand what type of people we are and just love ourselves for that. Yeah, <laughs> and absolutely. I do. I still it's a it's a guilty pleasure of mine. So <laughs> but yes, Gerard Butler, for sure. Hundred percent. Excellent. Well, we love to hear romance origin stories. How did you become a romance reader? I think it kind of started when I was probably around like 13, 14 years old, because uh, I started really getting into fan fiction. I found that, which was kind of the gateway for all my romance needs. Um, and I, I, I didn't really go seeking it out, but I just kind of found it. And I was like, oh my gosh, these are kind of the stories I want to see with more like heightened ideas of romance, like crafted around romance. And then I eventually, that kind of just started a whole like domino effect of like, okay, I want to seek these stories out. And I found like at my local library, I ended up finding um, Christian romance was the first one I found because I come from a small town in Texas. So that's the big one that they had a, a, an abundance mm-hmm. at the library. Uh-huh. And then it kind of just went from there because then I found the, uh, you know, those salacious, like, what do you call them? The, the ones with the back, uh, half naked women and men on the front. There's mm-hmm. a name for that. There's a name for those the, books. The I, clutch cover. Oh, there you go. Thanks, Erin. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. So I found those at like, ooh, rest in peace borders. And so like, I remember finding those and like, I was like, oh gosh, I was like 15. It was right before borders went out of business, but I was like 15, 16 years old. And I was like, "Mm, I got my own money so I can buy what I want. (laughs) I still hit them. Don't get me wrong. I hit them from my mom. (laughs) But, (laughs) 
But I I bought them and I was just like, oh man, that was that was it for me. So I started reading them and uh, I would like read them secretly in my room and like win my downtime, but like in the privacy of my own space um, until I went to college. And I tell this story quite often because I thought it was such an empowering moment. And to me, it flipped a it flipped a switch in my brain to look at things a little differently. There was a girl in college I shared a lot of she was an acquaintance her name was Becca and we shared a lot of the same classes together because we we went to um we were doing the same major but I remember she would every single moment in between our classes she was reading a Kindle anytime we had downtime she was reading her Kindle and I turned to her and I said well uh what are you reading I said you always seem so interested and engaged in it I'm dying to know like what kind of books you read or, or what you might be reading right now that has your attention. And she says, oh, I'm reading like the dirtiest romance novel. And I said, <laughs> I looked at her and my eyes got real wide. I was like, really? I was like, in between like, like, like economics and like math and all this other nonsense. And she says, oh yeah. She said, it's very empowering knowing that, you know, no one else knows what I'm reading but me. That was a moment that kind of like, like I said, flipped a switch in my brain and said, oh my goodness, like, why should I care what other people think what I'm reading? Yeah. And like, she didn't, and she didn't seem phased by it. She wasn't embarrassed to tell anyone. Like she was, she was just going about her business, enjoying her day. And I was, I was like, that is the kind of energy and power I want for my life. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Let's chat romancing the story. I, I just think the podcast is brilliant. Tell us, tell our listeners what romancing the story is all about. Well, romancing the story is uh, came from the idea of I worked with a lot of writers. Like once I kind of got into the space of like uh, romance reading and things like that, and I read a lot of other stuff too, but I love romance. It has a special place in my heart. And I went ahead and I started working with writing groups because I was like, I want to write my own story. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where that idea spiraled because I went to all these like conventions and like all these writing workshops. And I thought to myself, I want this easily accessible because I'm writing notes, but I know I'm missing things. So I want this like able where I can find this easily. And uh, romancing the story is basically centered around story structure and helping you tell your own story. Now, it focuses primarily on romance, but we kind of use that also as a tool and we we kind of branch out into other genres. Like I have a an episode about horror poetry, but the the real heart of the message is uh, loving yourself. And it was a catharsis for the author to learning to love herself. And so that's how she used, but that was the genre she used. So there's always a theme of love somewhere in there, but it's mostly about story structure and help, helping you tell your own story. Yeah. And that's what I, yeah. I, I love about it. Cause like you, you hear about all of these, like um, join what writing groups or, you know, an author may host a writing class and, you know, I'm always really like, oh, I, I really want to go to those. But it's always at a time where I'm like, I can't afford it. And so and it, it's like, you know, obviously you want them to like get their money. But it's like, man, like having hearing that conversation via a podcast just makes that advice so much more accessible to people who maybe can't afford, you know, the $200 for like a writing course or something like that. So I just love that you created it. Like when you hearing you explain it, it's like, gosh, this is what we need. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. That was my that was my hope. And 
honestly, when I started, uh, when I started it, that was, that was the key idea of like, I want to make this available to anyone. And a lot of times, I mean, if, if either of you happen to write, or if you've happened to like work on short stories or anything like that, you know, that sometimes when you get started with something, you're like, I don't know what I need exactly. I just know I want to do it. Yeah. So that's kind of the, the, primary idea I think about when I'm making episodes, whenever I started the podcast, even now I think about it, like what, two and a half, almost three years down the line that I, I want to make sure that if you are a brand new writer, no matter where you are in your journey, whether you are like five series deep, or you just have an idea and have no clue where to start, that you can jump in anywhere in my podcast and take something away from it. Yeah. Definitely. Tell us more about what inspired you to to create Romancing the Story podcast. So think of it, Texas 2020. So it was <laughs> a uh, – <laughs> that's a Golden Girls reference. You guys better get on my level. So, um, But yes, it was the height of COVID and it – I lost my job, like simple, simple cut. I actually, at the time, I didn't have such a glamorous job working in video games. I actually worked with restaurants. Um, So that was kind of the impetus that happened there as far as like, okay, all these restaurants are shutting down. All these orders are drying up because I helped provide like one of our biggest uh, clients was Chipotle. And I helped like with the bowls, like all the bowls and utensils and stuff. I bought that stuff and I made sure that that shipped out to them. And that dried up really quickly. So I ended up losing my job. And I had had this idea for a podcast for years, like even before I even recorded my first episode, I had been thinking about it for like three years. And then finally, I said, well, if if no other time, now's the time, you know, I need to do it now, now or never. So I have the time. And so I put out my first couple of episodes, I recorded two up front, put them out as well as a trailer and they were awful i mean i hope you guys don't please don't go back and listen to the first three they're just me rambling with my just like stream of conscious ideas i think we all say that like don't don't go back to the beginning please don't like please don't for your for for please save yourself the time please save yourself the agony please save me the embarrassment you'd be doing me a favor so don't don't listen to the first few episodes but i didn't have too much of a plan. I just kind of went for it. And I learned so much by just doing that. And I realized I wasn't getting much traction doing that. And it didn't feel right. First and foremost, it didn't feel right. And that's always kind of my gauge. Do I enjoy this? Am I liking this? Am I ever going to stick with it? So that was kind of my um, light bulb moment with the podcast of this is not something I, I enjoy as a format now. How can I make it more enjoyable? And I work best when I have other people I can chat with or other people I can bounce ideas off of. And so I I reached into my big bag of networking. And out of all that, I drew up a couple of um, really great friends I had made during all these writing workshops and all these like social writing circles that we kind of um, work in and have been, you know, just chatting. So I, I said, hey, crazy idea. I have a podcast. Would you like to kind of present this workshop that you had done in the past on the podcast and we'll kind of chat about it while we'll kind of come up with questions as you talk and then we'll we'll kind of just go from there. And they were like, sure, we're game. Like, and that's something I love about just the writing community in general. I have not had anyone really tell me no and been like, yeah, no, that's a crazy idea. Don't do that. 
I'm not interested. Like everyone has been so game and I am so thrilled that they are because then I kind of wouldn't have, it wouldn't have blossomed into the podcast it is today. And it's really been such an amazing tool to kind of meet new people, learn new skills, learn new things. And I, I, I'm excited to see where it goes from here too. Well, kind of going off of that. So, you know, I think especially during the pandemic, we saw like a rise in podcasts and there's like new ones coming out all the time. So mm-hmm. for anyone who's listening who may be thinking of starting one of their own, what are some things you've learned thus far in your podcasting experience? I mean, it sounds like you you started and you kind of like took a step back and like, okay, how do I do this and enjoy it. Like if you're going to do it, you want to get joy out of it. So I think that right there was a lesson too. Like sometimes you're going to have to reevaluate and switch gears. But what it what what have you learned that you're like, guys, if you're thinking of starting one, pay attention to this. <laughs> um yeah, that was I like to assess things. Like I love to step back and say like and reflect and say, is this working for me in this moment? How can I make this better? How can I make this more enjoy- enjoyable? How can I make this more enjoyable? And how can I make this more how can I make this more easy for me? How can I make this easier? Sorry, English is hard. How can I make this easier for me yeah. at this moment? So that was something I learned very quickly was the format. I looked at the format. Do I want to do this by myself? Do I do best by myself? Or do I want to do an interview style, which is what I do now? Or do I want to do a panel? Do you have like a couple of people kind of like we are now? It's kind of an interview, but kind of a panel since there are three of us on here. So it's that's something I had to learn pretty quickly. And that is such a key, I think, when you're going into it. Another lesson I learned was um, have your first couple of episodes recorded. Go ahead and have those yes. recorded up front. Yeah. See, you know, Brie, you know how it is. <laughs> when we started, Y'all the know. plan was to have three episodes recorded and we started with one. <laughs> Uh, yes, yes, definitely me, that. Oh my god. And that's what broke up my that's what broke up my kind of consistency because again you'll learn consistency is key. Oh, it's so important because your listeners if you put them out at a consistent rate whether it be like bi-weekly, weekly, maybe once or twice a month, um, you know, they'll they'll learn. The listeners learn when to expect that um podcast and then you get more you know, jumps, you get more jumps and downloads, you get more impressions, you get more, um, you know, you, you get an algorithm a little bit easier because people are looking for you and they're coming up in other people's feeds. Uh, and see, that's now that's all marketing stuff, but it, it helps consistency. It boils down to consistency to help you with your um, getting your podcast out there in the right ears. And it also helps you because then you stick with it. A little bit better. So decide what works for you as far as like consistency. What does that look like to you? Does that look like weekly, bi-weekly? And have your first couple episodes in already edited and ready to go out the door because then too, you can tell, you can start putting on social media when those episodes are releasing and what, what to expect going forward yeah, and for then your then you're listeners. Like, you're ahead of the game because you already have, you have three, you know? So yeah, love that. Exactly. And you can market things around them. And you can say like, okay, well, you know, I'm uh, we're talking about this in the next episode. You can even drop hints and say like, I got another episode, you know, ready to go out. And here's a hint of what it's about, you know. Or in one case, it happened on by a fluke, but 
something happened in the, I can't remember exactly what happened. This was like when I, around when I first started, but I talked to one of my guests about a a hot topic going on in the romance community, um, or at least what I thought was a hot topic. And it gained traction while I was like, right after we interviewed, like whatever that topic was, it gained a lot of traction. And so then I was able to kind of boost it, uh, you know, signal boost that episode and say like, hey, if you're interested in a hot take on this specific subject, I got an episode for you guys. Yes, yes. So yes, consistency, um, have your first couple of episodes ready to go, Um, know your format, Um, have notes. I mean, you guys know that show notes are so important. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like having a, a an idea of what you want to talk about when you just kind of freewheel it. I mean, it is anyone's guess where that interview is going to go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's going and it's on its own. It's out there in the ether. Bless it and just pray for the best. You know what I mean? So it is it, it, it you, you never know what's going to happen with those kind of interviews. And I've had I've had ones where I've prepared. I've prepared really well. I had a show notes and everything. And sometimes you get the yes or no answers or just really quick answers and you're just like how do i make a podcast out of this Uh (laughs) i don't even know what to do (laughs) some people are just like not chatty and you like okay got it like you know within the first couple minutes you're like okay this is gonna be a short one they're not very chatty (laughs) Mm -hmm. and that and that actually kind of leads into another point of i do a lot of research beforehand like i Mm -hmm. make sure i know who's going to be on my podcast because if they're problematic authors or they write Things like say, like I look at even the socials because I want to see, are they liking and or saying things that I don't agree with personally? And I don't mind having different points of view on my podcast. Like I'm willing to hear out almost anybody, but there are some things that I don't feel are like are um, conducive to having in the romance community and hearing those, you know, ideals like pressed on. Like mm-hmm. if you have like homophobia or something like that, it's like, listen, there's a whole like LGBTQIA plus like section for romance. And if you don't want to write that, that's fine. But don't don't dog people who do, you know, don't don't be cruel to anyone who who enjoys that or who is part of that, you know, right. who, who's part of that community. So I try to be very careful about who who I have on my podcast. And I, and I do highly recommend that. That's why I use networking a lot because then I know people or people who know people, they know what kind of podcast I am and they also go along with it. You want someone who's going to help promote your podcast too or who's going to be complimentary to it. Yeah. Well, with so many aspiring writers out there, your podcast is doing something really special with the discussion on craft, marketing, and entrepreneurship. How are you attempting to reach those aspiring writers who may not be aware of the podcast? I... Basically, it's it's a lot of networking. Like I'll post things on socials, um, and sometimes they get out. Sometimes they hit well. Sometimes they don't. You have but- to rely. Like we're told, like rely on social media, and I just feel like sometimes I don't know how well it helps. Like, what are your thoughts? The socials are really important, I think, to a certain degree. But what really helps you is using the right, uh, like tagging other people, so they can help boost your podcast as well. Um, But really like word of mouth has been so powerful with my podcast. I think getting the right listeners is more important than having a bunch of listeners. Yeah. So I post, so I post in a lot of communities, like writing, like writing communities. Like I seek out a lot of writing communities as far as um, 
on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, t- TikTok now, I'm sure has their own, uh, they have book talk, but I'm sure if you funnel more precisely into like romance book talk, you'll find a lot of people there who are eager to read uh, more things, you know, and interested in whatever tropes or whatever like books you might have uh, written. So it's, Really, or if you have a podcast like mine that, you know, you got to, you have a need or I'm sorry, they have a need and you can fulfill it. That's kind of the key thing they put, they ask you to do in marketing. Like your, whether your listeners know it or not, they have a need. How are you going to fulfill it? So that's kind of how I tailor my socials as far as do you want to learn to write a better sex scene? Because that's an upcoming episode I have. So if you want to learn how to put erotica or romance into like another genre, here's an episode I have for you. That is brilliant. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, obviously, like we're all romance readers. We know how big the genre is and people are writing it every day. And it's like, how is Sarah like getting her podcast in front of those people that are like those aspiring writers out there that need it, you know? And then like you had one on cozy mystery writing, which I think we do see, we are seeing more romance authors like stepping in, you know, to that space. So it's just, yeah, it's like, how do you get amongst all the noise? Like, how do you get yours in the ears of people that need it? So yeah, I love hearing you talk about that. (laughs) Well, and you know, the cozy mystery kind of was a fluke. Because again, that was like a networking thing where one of my interviewees that I know very well, she's a personal friend. And she was actually one of my first interviewees in the podcast, but she came on a second time. Her name's Amber Royer. So she happened to know the Cozy Mystery writer and said, hey, I have someone who's interested in being on your podcast. Here's a here's an email introduction. And she writes Cozy Mystery. And I had never really I'd heard of Cozy, I had heard of Cozy Mystery, but I never really had read a whole lot into it. And I never thought about doing an episode on it. But I did a couple of episodes now and it was amazing. And it's one of my best playing episodes, which really wow. surprised me. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, you you shared a little bit like um, you know, you're going to you're going to have someone come on. You're going to do you're going to look at them on online. You're looking at their socials, you're looking at their website. Talk about prepping for these episodes. Like are you coming up with the idea, like the conversation piece and then reaching out to the person or is it kind of in conversation with them like I see that you write this. Let's center our conversation around this. Like talk about the prep for the episodes. So my idea is always I want to kind of dig deep. That's kind of where my uh, sweet spot is and kind of where I like to I, I like to make my podcast a little different. I want to kind of hone in on specific subjects for writing because it's like how to be a better writer. But I don't know what I need to do to be a better writer. So let's get more specific than that. So like with the Cozy Mystery episode, I kind of said, okay, I don't know a whole bunch of cozy mystery, but it looks like you write a lot of series. So is there something specific like on a cozy mystery series that you can talk about that works within it? Like maybe the romance aspect and maybe the mystery aspect. Well, then she came up with like the brilliant title of like, uh, what was it? Murder, kissing and killing. How murder and romance go hand in hand. So like I was like, oh, well, that sounds great and fantastic. I want to know more about that. And then I came up with the questions. Now, it doesn't always work like that. A lot of times I'll come up with a subject because I know exactly what I want to talk about or I know I know what might work well within the wheelhouse of whoever I'm interviewing because I've done a lot of research on them. I've looked at their website. I've looked at their um, 
socials. I've made myself aware of what kind of books they write because then I know where they sit comfortably as far as like what subjects they can talk to. And then I go from there and I say, okay, what kind of questions do I want to ask as far as like writing either romance and or a different genre? How can I how can I hone in on this thing? Make sure that I get the most out of this interview and ask her, him or her, uh, or they, what kind of questions that would be pertinent to this subject. And I kind of ebb mm-hmm. and flow from there. I always tell them it's an outline. It's not a make or break thing. And we might jump around a little bit depending on how the conversation ebbs and flows. And then we just kind of go from there and then see what happens. Okay. And usually it turns out really great. Yeah. 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 Well, Sarah, do you have any uh, specific episodes that you would recommend as a starting point for new listeners to romancing the story? Aaron, I know you're not going to make me choose between my babies. <laughs> oh, you are not going to make me choose between my children. Yes. But if I Just tell us a couple, just tell us. Yeah, it's but not, we... it's not picking favorites. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but we all know we have favorites. I mean, come on. but but uh, if I were to say to start anywhere, like say you've never listened to the podcast and you're just and you're just kind of like, okay, I'm interested in hearing what this what this lady has to say. Um, I would say start with kind of the most popular episodes. You really can't go wrong with those because those are the ones I've heard like usually the most feedback on. And that would have to be any of the NaNoWriMo ones do really well. I have yes. one on NaNoWriMo. The NaNoWriMo I've... ones were fun. They were so oh fun. Oh my God. Yes. And they're so chock full of like just fantastic ideas, like idea after idea after idea that you would love to use at some point or another. So highly recommend. I have like two episodes on NaNoWriMo. Um, definitely check those out out. And one's about NaNoWriMo prep. The other one's about like brainstorming and starting NaNoWriMo. So can't go wrong with those. Uh, Some of my other ones are the trope talks. Those do really well. And everyone loves, seems to love those. And tropes are so essential in romance writing. I mean, you guys know that. I mean, there's just tropes are, are so ingrained as far as like any type of writing, you know, whether we like it or not, it's just, they're there. Such it's, a huge it's, part of the package. Oh my God. It is. And like, that's kind of the basis of a lot of our ideas is usually some kind of trope. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do a fairy tale retelling. Oh my gosh, I'm going to do a, you know, a, a single dad with a kid who's like the boss of a big company kind of story. And that's, those are tropes. So it's really important to understand reader expectations with tropes. And that's what we get into how to use tropes, how to, um, how to kind of write off of those, how to use tropes as a tool for a writer's block, which was really fascinating to me. So Mm -hmm. we kind of got into that. And if I were to pick one more, I would say the Cozy Mysteries. Like I said, those were doing really well for me and are just so interesting. Like as far as the evolution, Brie, you had mentioned it. A lot of of romance writers are actually kind of naturally evolving into Cozy Mystery writers. Like that's kind of where their track is taking them because uh, they still want the romance aspect, but then they want to include mystery or they want to have like this um, justice done. So like it's just a natural track, which was really fascinating to to learn about for me. Yeah, we we read um, Romantic Suspense. Every month we kind of pick a theme and, and we pick our own books and come together and talk about what we read. And we focused on romantic suspense last month. And it was interesting because Aaron and I both really enjoy cozy mysteries. <laughs> but we had a lot <laughs> of thoughts on like romantic suspense subgenre. Like obviously like we enjoy it when you when you finally sit down and read it at the end of it. You're like, okay, that was really good. But it's just not like we 
I think we're both quicker to pick up a cozy mystery than like a romantic suspense. Mm-hmm. And we've been trying to really unpack why. <laughs> but I think there's just, I don't know, there's something. I think it's the cozy element of the cozy mystery. Um And like the romance does kind of play out across the series. I think cozy mysteries tend to be like just kind of lighter and more fun. I think because they're like so punny as well. Um, (laughs) But yeah, like listening to your episode, I was like really trying to like psychoanalyze like why am I why is it easier for me to pick up one of these than like an actual romantic suspense novel? Um, So yeah, I've I've been thinking a lot about that. Well, and you know, I actually have an episode coming up like that in the summer. Um, We haven't nailed down a specific date, but I'm going to talk to a uh, romantic suspense writer who we're going to actually talk about external conflict because that's a lot of what that uh, romantic suspense genre hinges on is that external conflict. So maybe you don't like that portion of it because you don't know where that's going to go because it can get really like messy. I think that's what messy. I'm really an anxious person. (laughs) Like, like, yeah, and it can get like really, yeah, it can get really messy. Like sometimes you're, you're just like, it might be something pretty, you know, low key, like, oh my gosh, they embezzled from this company and up to like, there's explosions, there's gunfire. Oh my God, what's going to happen next? There's a chase. (laughs) Yeah. Like it is very high, high stakes, high tension type of, um, uh, writing. So I, I'm going to talk to her about that. Like, how do you kind of make sure that that doesn't like get too, too outrageous and is still at least somewhere, um, like, cause there's gotta be levels to it. Right. It can't just be like anywhere from like going normal, like steady speed. And then all of a sudden it jumps up to like 110 and then back right. down to like 20 again. And it has, there has to be levels to it and it has to increase in stakes. So as you go along and, and that's something we want to talk about, but I could definitely see that if you like cozies opposed to romantic suspense, it might be the high stakes, high tension. My I blood pressure exactly is going through the roof. <laughs> I think that's what it is, guys. (laughs) Well, okay. So talking about tropes, um, tell us one of your favorites to read. Do you have a favorite trope? Oh, I do like the uh, older man, younger woman trope. I know I you come for me. It's a fave. (laughs) It is a fave. And I'm sorry. I regret nothing. Don't Uh, regret anything. (laughs) (laughs) I regret nothing, Bree. Nothing. But it is, I don't know why, but it's just like, mm, so good. And I, I've i always kind of like, like, that's just kind of an attraction to me. It's just older men. So I'm like, I, it's just like, so it came out in the tropes. So I'm like, this is a safe spot for me to kind of enjoy that. Because my husband's only like two years older than me. So I'm just like, it's not like he's not that much older. But um, but it, it's kind of like that safe space of like enjoying those things. Uh, another one is probably... Uh, the billionaire romance. I mean, who doesn't want someone who's just going to cater to your every need and want? That's amazing. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, who doesn't like, like just for the span of a book, just can, caters to my needs. I'm good with that. I mean, yeah, there's a little bit of like miscommunication. Oh boy. But I can get over that real quick. So <laughs> like financially, I don't have to worry about anything. Okay. I'm, I I'm, I'm game. Yeah. No student debt. The hell you say. I've never heard of such a thing. It's amazing. <laughs> Well, can you share with us one of your last unputdownable reads? Ooh, I was kind of late to the party on this, but like I recently read um, Deceived by the Gargoyles. Who is that by? Ooh, hold on. Sorry, Deceived by the Gargoyles. Who is that? Deceived by the Gargoyles by Lillian Lark. Yeah, Lillian. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, because I I went into some monster romance stuff because I was reading some of that uh, because I had an episode recently. Um, Oh, and I did because we talked about it on my latest episode too, The Red by Tiffany Rice. Oh, that's so good. All those books are so good. (laughs) I'm so late. I'm so late to the party with both of those. But they were both recommended to me by different authors who I had interviewed. So I finally got to them and I was like, oh, my God, these are both amazing. So I know you asked for one. But I went the no. extra mile and gave you two, Aaron. That's okay. <laughs> no, that's all right. That's all right. We always say we make the rules here and we can do whatever we want. So, so tell us okay. as many as you want. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> well, are there any books on craft or resources since, you know, you, your podcast focuses so much on this that you'd recommend listeners check out? Ooh. Um, so I usually list in each episode if there's different resources like a lot of times the author or the interviewee will offer some type of maybe a resource or two that you can like look at or you might want to read or things like that so it depends on which episode you go to i mean you can also go to my link tree sometimes i will have uh some things on there right now i have like an author media kit so things you want to look for as far as like a media um if you're looking to get on blogs or podcasts by any chance or, Mm -hmm. you know, anything like that as far as the marketing aspect, what you would need essentially in your kit as an author. Because I know once we get past the writing portion, that's like half the battle, then it's actually selling it, (laughs) which is a whole nother ballgame. And I have that ready. And I'm actually coming out with a how to be a guest on a podcast. And what I call, what we utilize all the time in marketing is a one sheet. So that is a one sheet marketing page. Basically, I have all your information that you need to kind of pitch yourself to a podcast, to a blog, to even like TV, like TV stations. You know, that is an essential part of like the highlights of here's why my book is so awesome, why you should read it. Here's a little bit about me and what basically boils me down to my brand and what I'm all about. And here's some things I can talk to. Have you guys okay. ever seen a one sheet? No. A marketing one sheet? I don't think I ever I have. To, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I need to see this one sheet. <laughs> <laughs> so like it's it's something we use quite regularly in like marketing. Um, video games have it. And I've always seen it with um, other publishers because I've had a couple of publishers reach out to me and they always have a one sheet. And I was, I didn't know that that was kind of an industry standard, but that seems to be an industry standard of what I've seen for publishing as well. Um, and I, it, cause I just came from video games. So I was like, well, I know those one sheets exist. I've seen them all the time about games, but authors do it too for them in their books. So that's a really great tool. If you want to be on a podcast or kind of picture pitch uh, pitch your book to somebody and say like okay here's here's why I would like to be part of your blog or podcast or your TV station or your YouTube channel so and I'm hoping to come out to uh put an asterisk by this but I'm hoping to come out with a big sheet of some of my top uh tips top tips from my gotten from all the different authors okay so like writing tips, because I'm trying to hit all I'm trying to hit all the 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 gamut here. I'm trying to hit the whole gamut <laughs> of writing, <laughs> marketing, where you want to be. Where do you want to sit? Because I think that's an important question, too. Where are you at in your journey? What do you need right now? Do you need marketing? Do you need some marketing tips or do you need more about like I need to know about the craft? I need to learn how to write, like write my book really, really well. And then I'll get to the marketing. But now I'm to the point of I also need to um, help boost myself, boost sales. So. Mm-hmm. 
Well, talking about writing, are you writing anything currently that you can tell us about? Too many things. So I have like all, okay, now whether this means anything to you or not, I'm a Gemini. So I have a lot of ideas. I have a lot okay. of ideas. I have them all half started in somewhere. So like I'm very, I'm very, <laughs> so like I'm working on like an office romance right now. But then I also got like a supernatural one somewhere in there, like a, uh, like a, a paranormal, sorry, paranormal romance. I'm starting too because I'm just like, well, Halloween's right around the corner. I know it's just March, guys. Go with me. On this. <laughs> but, like, I'm with I'm... you. We're with you. <laughs> <laughs> but like I... Like I have all these ideas, they're kind of ha- in different stages, but I wanted to work on same same idea with a podcast, get them finished and into a state of at least editing towards the end of the editing and then start like marketing them and then putting them out so I can come out with a consistent like flow. Yeah. And that's something I've been actually interviewing a lot of authors about is like their flow, their kind of time management, their uh, pattern, because a lot of them actually come up with really great things that work for them, like really um, great sustainable uh, methods that work for them in their writing time. As far as like, I do it early in the morning or like I always have, if it's in editing, I'm always working on the next one and that's how my pattern works. So that's something I've been interviewing and talking to a lot of authors about in order to help um, figure out what my pattern is and how to best make it sustainable, you know, with kiddos and dogs and all the great things going on. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Writing amidst life, okay? (laughs) Man, life just gets in the way, Brie. Right. I just want to write. I keep trying to write and read. (laughs) (laughs) Well, tell us like um, what's to come, like what's coming up next, next couple episodes on Romancing the Story. So I, I have one coming up that's in the queue right now. It is about erotica versus romance and what the differences are and then how to write um, better erotica and romance like those love scenes in particular that's kind of where we get into the two on that and I haven't charted out too much more than that okay (laughs) well that's exciting that's that's my next yeah that's my next main one right now and then I'm right now we're kind of figuring out I am talking to a bunch of publishers because they they want their authors on the podcast and and don't worry I don't do exclusively just publishers if you're listening to me right now and you're just like but I want I would be interested in getting on your podcast and I think I have something very interesting to say as far as a topic um you guys can always anyone can always reach out to me I'm happy to hear about what you might have that's of interest to the podcast. Like that's something that you're really good at. You're an expert at maybe or something that works really well for you. You love to share with my audience. That would be awesome. Um, I listen to everybody, but right now it's just the publishers asked me. And so I'm willing to to talk to some of their authors. Um, it's just scheduling is always fun. So that's and we're trying to figure out like time zones and everything like that. I don't know if you you guys that is too much definitely with that. the part of podcasting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, the time zones. It's always fun, and especially if you like, if you got like, do you guys got two different time zones? Oh yeah. Oh, see, it- yeah. If you got like three different time zones, then you're getting in the real fun of it. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. I'm always like Aaron. Just make sure I'm not late. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i know and it's like one of those things of like did i get the time right oh am i like did i do it wrong as far as <laughs> calculating <laughs> the timing as far right. as like yeah. i thought it was at 6 p.m my time but like they're in australia i've had yes. a lot of australian oh, authors the overseas on there ones oh my god yeah yeah oh my god it's actually tomorrow is where they're at <laughs> yeah 
I know it's like 10 a.m. I've I've had like several Australians on my podcast and one in particular who does blurb writing, Jessie. She's amazing. I adore her. Um, And she she's come on several times and it's always like eight o'clock at my time or seven o'clock at my time at night. And then it's like 10 a.m. for her. So it's like really wibbly wobbly because I'm just like, all right, well, that was great talking to you. Good night. And she's like, well, good. <laughs> Good, good, good day. Morning. And I'm like, good day. And I'm just like, what is, oh, oh, yeah. It's like, and I keep thinking, why does she have such great lighting? And I'm just like, oh, yeah, it's daytime. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to my darkness. So, yeah. It's, the beauty it's, of technology, though, is uh, that we're, we're able to even make that happen. <laughs> I know. And that's what makes it so accessible. Like you were saying, Brie, it makes it so much more broad reach is that we can have anyone on our podcast, yeah. right? Yes. Like, you got a mic, you got a computer. Oh, we can make it work. We can make it work one way or another. So you got a decent pair of headphones. Like that's all you need for for a podcast or an interview. Believe me, it's technology has moved so far in the even just the last couple of years. Um, Hello, AI. That's that's (laughs) a new thing. So, wow. Amazing. So like if we can come up with AI, I promise you, you can find a way to to create your podcast or do an interview. I mean, it is all you need is the mic, the headphones and a computer and you're golden. Yeah. And you can and you can find a way to to make it work. Well, please share with everyone where they can keep up with you online. So you guys can always find me at Romance the Story. I try to make my handle easy across the board. So like that's on Twitter, that's on Instagram, that's on Facebook. I will probably be making a TikTok soon. I'm being dragged into it. But then again, TikTok might be in trouble. I don't know. There's a lot of questions there. Yeah. Do you guys have a TikTok? I'm curious. We don't. Not for the podcast, no. Okay. <laughs> I might, I might resist then. I might, I may be your rebel and, and join, join in your revolution as far as against the TikTok. I agree. So, um, but y- you can al- also find me on YouTube. If you also, like a lot of people may not like podcast, so they may want to see actual faces. And so I usually do it on Zoom, via Zoom. So I have like several episodes that are available via YouTube as well. Majority of my episodes are the only ones that aren't are the authors that prefer to not show their face because they work under a uh, pseudonym or something like that. Like they work under a, um, you know, the fake name. So I usually don't show those. But other than that, I have them all available on YouTube as well. And if you guys want to check out the podcast, it's available on Apple. It's available on Spotify. It's available through my Buzzsprout or my Linktree. You can find me pretty much anywhere if you just type, you know, Romancing the Story podcast or my name, Sarah Gomez. Well, thank you so much for talking with us today. It's been so like just so cool getting to chat with you because I mean, I listen to you all the time. So I'm like, oh my gosh, now I'm I'm actually talking to her. So <laughs> thank you for being here. We will have the links to all the places where our listeners can keep up with you online. And I mean, you'll have to come back. Like we have a podcast. We all read romance. We're all nerdy about something. You have to come back. Oh, for sure. Um, <laughs> and if you guys are ever interested, I mean, would you want to be on a podcast? Uh, I'm just saying. Course. We'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs>